0: you're listening to the you don't know me yet podcast network
1: holly cotton here and i am joined today by ben smith and ben is a trainer a speaker a holistic wellness professional former gym owner tons of things he's going to share with us today about how we can all have the healthiest lifestyle inside and out so welcome ben
0: Thanks Holly for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to, uh, yes, yes. Okay.
1: So don't worry guys, we're going to get all of his secrets. First of all, go stalk his Instagram, (laughs) Ben Smith. He has tons of videos and information on there. I love the holistic aspect of it because you know, being a nurse, I, I try to push that part of it as well. I'm always like, medicine is our last option. Like, don't just get on the medication because you have high blood pressure. Don't do that. You know, don't go to the diet pills. Don't, yeah. you know, don't always try to find that pharmaceutical, uh, um, answer for everything. So I love that you have that holistic lifestyle. So first Ben, yeah. I know as a former gym owner, you guys see all kinds of struggles that people have. So, (laughs) so let's start off with you as the fitness professional and how you basically made it your mission to make fitness accessible for any lifestyle.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, I think my primary mission is to just show people that fitness can be far more simple than we make it out to be. Like it might not be easy. Um, but if you can focus on a couple key things that really matter, you can discard all the rest and then try really hard on those things that will actually drive progress or you know whatever positive change you're after. Um, as a gym owner, and I've seen people come in and out of the gym for a long time, I think the biggest thing is finding something that actually fits into your life. So I, I often will ask people, yo, are you actually excited about this? Or even curious about, about this activity? Um, My background is, is sports performance and, and strength conditioning. And so like I default to weightlifting and resistance training just because that's the thing I know and love. But like, if that's not for you, then like you don't have to try and jam a square peg into a round hole. There are plenty of alternatives, plenty of options that will like fit your life. And I think not only training, but in nutrition, it's like finding a system that's actually sustainable because if it's not sustainable, then the results, you know, they'll never come or they won't last, you know, so the more sustainable the practice, the more sustainable the result, which I think is something that's incredibly important and doesn't really get shared. That
1: right, often. right. So how did you decide to embark upon fitness as your profession?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it started, I was an athlete as a kid, uh, played sports my entire life. Uh, it just always was the thing that I defaulted to. So like when I was like, you know, stressed out as a kid or like, you know, a lot of my time was spoken for with, with sports or school or whatever, but I always really enjoyed athletics and even more than playing. I really just enjoyed the team building aspects of, of sports. Um, after school, I went and joined the military. So I was in the army for 10 years and that entire experience was just one massive effort in team building and creating like momentum around like a shared objective or a shared goal. And so, um, know, being a gym owner or even like a group fitness instructor or or personal trainer that still uh, exists today in my life, where it's like I'm trying to create momentum around this like one common goal that we're after. Uh, My own personal life, uh, I struggled with an eating disorder much of my teens and into my 20s. And so my passion for nutrition and even training um, beyond just my own athletic performance was like to solve a problem. So I struggled with, you know, body image. I struggled with, uh, you know, being a guy who, you know, traditionally might not have to deal with these things, or it's not really publicized that a male is going to deal with, um, you know, anorexia, binge eating disorder, bulimia, all these things. And so it just kind of evolved into, okay, this is me navigating my own lived experience. And through that, I can share with other people. And and hopefully, you know, if anything, just create some like commonality between me and them. Yeah, and-, and as a coach, it's been really valuable to be like, yo, I'm screwed up. I'm like, I'm messed up also. So like, let's do this together. Like, that's my favorite. Right.
1: And that's what I was going to actually say that that is, uh, we think that it's something that's unique because we don't see so many men that are talking about it, but it's actually not unique. It's just that there's not a safe place for men to be able to come out and say, Hey, I have body dysmorphia as well. Or I have, you know, um, like you said, an eating disorder. And it is very common also, especially now because- Everyone in social media, they expect you to look a certain way, whether you're a male or a female. (laughs) If you're on social media, there is so much scrutiny like, oh, oh, you're trying to sell fitness or oh, you're you think you're cute or or the fashion model. And and I'm looking at your gut. So, I mean, they scrutinize every single thing on social media. So I love that you are, are talking about that and bringing awareness to that. And so I know you were saying that nutrition is something that you basically focused on. And again, I think it's very important to talk about that correlation because it's not just, I have an eating disorder. Now I'm going to start eating again because you, you're constantly thinking, Oh, everything I eat is going to make me fat. So you have to find a structured way to make sure you are having that nutritional input every day. So can you tell us about how you focused on nutrition and how you implement that into your life as well?
0: Yeah, so I think it's very similar to the fitness experience. Um, I always say like physical fitness um, is the low hanging fruit. It's like the gateway drug to um, mental, emotional and spiritual fitness. It's like that's the one that you can be proactive in and it's like an action step towards a better future it's like i'll just show up and do the fitness thing i understand that's incredibly challenging for some people um but nutrition much the same uh the two things that i i recommend people do um this applies to fitness this applies to nutrition this applies to mental health it's like become curious about the thing that you say that you want so like for me it's like i want to get stronger i'm going to show up to a place that does resistance training and then secondly i'm going to enlist the help of an external accountability source and so for me, in recovery from my eating disorder, it was becoming really excited and curious about actually solving the problem, because I think a lot of people get stuck in this narrative. They get tied emotionally or like um, they tie their identity to the problem that they have. Like, I'm a guy that suffers with an eating disorder. So like I get to live in that small, like sad place where it's like, oh, I'm just broken. I'm not broken. Right. And so I had to like become excited and committed to the to the change. Which was step one, and then I enlisted the help of a therapist who was um experienced in navigating those problems. And she's been my therapist for five years. She's fantastic, but it's more than just the eating disorder thing. But it was becoming very excited and committed to the goal and then enlisting the help of somebody who's gonna keep me accountable. Um I think too, just like training, nutrition is far more simple than we make it out to be.
1: Just stop um, eating junk.
0: Entire identity <laughs> to methodologies. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, you can, you can, you can do this so many different ways. Like if you want to focus on calorie counting, because that's the thing that suits you, then like, by all means, send it, like do that. If you don't want to do that, then please don't do that. Because just like training, it's like the most sustainable mechanism. The most sustainable protocol is the one that's going to drive the most sustainable results. And it's like, ultimately, that's what we're after. I don't, I don't give a shit about how you eat. I care about like what happens later. Right. You know,
1: and I and think, I, I
0: think. Uh, oh, I go think ahead. My, like I said, my mission is just to share that. It, my mission is just to share that. Like it can be so so simple, and like I would urge you to at least try the simplistic route because you'll probably see that when you remove all the noise, like you can make some really incredible change. And so that's like I said, people, I just want to see people change and people have the results that they're after because momentum breeds momentum elsewhere. And if you can get momentum here, then you can get momentum in your relationships. You can, you know, make progress at work. You know, it's like it all feeds. It's like a flywheel. And I
1: think that that's really, really good advice, Ben. You might know what you're talking about. No, uh- <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> but no, I think that that was an excellent point. And I think a lot of people don't, don't, have that as their, their end game. And like you said, it's what works for you and don't look at other people. Don't try to do, and that's the thing of people start doing this hodgepodge of fitness and lifestyle and what's healthy and what's not healthy. And, and you're all over the place. And so you're doing 20 different things. So you never really focus on that one thing that could give you results. So I think that is great advice. I love that. I love that. Um, so yeah,
0: just start with one, just start with one thing. Just start with one That's thing. That's
1: it. One thing, one thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, well, you know what? Hopefully they listen to our advice, Ben. Hopefully they listen. <laughs> We're like,
0: some people, some people do. Some people do. Some people are like, oh wait, it can be simpler than it is now. And I'm like, yeah, it can be simpler. And they're like, oh right. my God, like I'll do that. And then other, other people are like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, all right, well then just keep making it harder. It's
1: it's almost like whenever you have a kid that starts school, you don't automatically start trigonometry. You're starting off with (laughs) (laughs) one plus one is two. You don't just go automatically to, you know, Y equals MX plus B.
0: Even look at me, like I've been training, I've been training for 22 years. My first day in the gym, I was 10 years old. I played travel hockey as a kid and our coaches were really it they were like they were well beyond like what needed to be but like we got into the gym at 10 and we're training and following structured training programs then in high school I'm in this like one of the most world-renowned strength conditioning facilities uh in Indianapolis Indiana it was my home gym and I'm mentored by these guys who like have trained their whole lives and coached all these great people and then I like get trained. I went, you know, I go to college and I learn more. And then I'm in the army. I learn more. And I, now I'm coaching professionally for a number of years and I learn even more. And it's like, I still do the most basic stuff. You go on your social media and you see all these crazy, like novel attention, grabby things. We don't do like, nobody does that. That's just there to like, get you to click on their thing. Like if I videoed my training every day, you would be so bored. You'd be so bored, but you know what? I show up every single day and i do the work and then like i'm also i understand that like i'm not going to see the results today or tomorrow or even like two months from now but when i'm 45 you know in 13 years or i'm 45 and i'm still training and still making progress then i'm going to be like holy cow
1: right that right and <laughs> that's, it's the same thing i know you were, we were talking about nutrition and 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 diet and i yeah. I, I say that all the time like it starts with I And and I don't personal train anymore, but when I did, I was like, listen, I'm with you for one hour. My hour doesn't mean anything. All my hour really is helping is with cardiovascular and endurance at this point. It's what you're doing the other 23 hours when you leave. So if you're up at three o'clock in the morning and eating a roll of cookie dough, (laughs) this means nothing. So... I yeah. love that. I love that. Okay, so another yeah. thing that you are very passionate about and you use in your training style is effective dosage. So, can you tell us exactly yeah. how that relates to training, recovery and life?
0: Yeah, a lot of people when I talk about minimum effective dosage, people think like medication where it's like, oh, I'm just I'm going to take just enough medication to like solve the problem or remedy the problem and then I'm going to continue with my life, you being a nurse. You understand that um but so like i look at training the same way like we're just dosing stimulus across like a lifetime of exposure and so like that's a lot of words but basically like you do just enough in the gym to drive the adaptation you don't need to do more than that you know you just do what you need to do to make to make steady progress and then Um, if you do that, then you're able to show up and train again. My goal in training is to just be able to show up tomorrow or whenever your next scheduled training day is. And so if I like murder you on Monday and you can't train for a week or you show up and you get injured on Tuesday and you can't train for two months, then we've like missed out on a whole bunch of really valuable time together. And uh, like I said, my goal is for myself and everybody that I'm interacting with to be able to train for the rest of their life or to be able to like you know, play with their grandkids or their great grandkids or, or whatever it is, whatever the thing is for you. Um, and so that, go, that goes back again to like becoming really committed to the thing that you say that you want, um, or even becoming curious about other alternative methods of training or, or you know, executing physical activity. And then um, just finding a system that, that gives you the right dosage of training, the right dosage of rest, the right dosage of all the things that you need. And like enlisting the help of a coach is really really valuable. I know not everybody's able to, you know, do personal training or like join a gym that has great coaching, um, but like, the internet has fitness. Like that, all of the stuff is free. You know, like everything's free. It's just like having a plan is better than not having a plan. Basically, is my uh, my plug. Well, there. and
1: I I do I <laughs> totally agree with exactly what you're saying. And it's so funny because I have a friend who doesn't work at a, out at all. Now she's very lean. She's, you know, she doesn't like to be called skinny. She's like a size zero, but you know, she's super, (laughs) super petite. And, and so she decided she was going to start working out and she goes and she gets a trainer. And, and so the next day I'm, I'm on the phone with her and she's, she can't even walk up the stairs. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what? And she's yeah. like, yeah. And I was that's, like, okay. I was no like, fun. that's, um, delayed onset <laughs> muscle soreness. And I muscle and soreness. I was like, I said, yeah. you, you're, you must've done too much. And why, why? So I said, well, tell me what your trainer did. So she tells me all of these leg exercises that they did. And I was like, okay, first of all, someone like you, you can't not work out at all. And, and then also she's going two days a week. So she's only working out on those two days. I was like, you need to be on the treadmill or riding the bike. I said, you can't go. You're going to be sore all the time. So I think that's kind of like what you were saying. A lot of the trainers don't have that dosage effectiveness and, and they're just like, okay, well, I don't give a shit. You're here for a day. I'm going to work you out till you die. (laughs) And then,
0: yeah, or they're, or, or they're trying to like do the best that they can with the time that they have available. So like, if like, let's say for instance, she's going twice a week and she's really interested in getting some sort of result, that trainer's like, oh my God, well, I only have two hours out of the 168 hours in a week. I have to smash her to like try and drive some sort of adaptation. And I, and let, that doesn't work that way. Right. But it's like, you know, probably well-intentioned. And, and so I look at it and I'm like, okay, if we can figure out a system where we get more exposures across the week, so like more training sessions or more smaller, you know, like focused bouts of exercise, um, you you can call them like a little exercise snack, like in your, in the middle of your day, it doesn't have to be like you suiting up and going to the gym. It could happen in your living room. Um, if you can get more exposure to exercise across your week, then you don't have to do as much, you know, in those sessions. I train for about 45 minutes, you know, I just do it four to six times a week and it varies between like two to six exercises like this morning i trained for 49 minutes i like time all of them just because it's a fun little game but i trained for 49 minutes and and i think you could boil this whole thing down to it's like do less but do it better and so like every time i show up to the gym my goal is not to like fit more training in my goal is to remove all the stuff Mm -hmm. that isn't important and just do the few things that are really really valuable and like the value that I assign them might be different than, than you. Like, I want to be strong. I want to be lean and I want to be really fast. And like, maybe those goals aren't the goals. Yeah. Right. Like maybe that's not your goal. Maybe that's not your goal. Right. But I think a lot of people's goal is to be like strong, lean, and fast. And it's like, there's context there, right. It's not, I don't want to like go into the Olympics, but like, I would like to be strong, lean, and fast for a 32 year old male who like has lived the life that I've lived and had the in- injuries that I've had and like, has the goals that I have later. And so Um, I think if we can just like find a way to dose training appropriately, then you're able to show up forever. And like, that's the goal. Like, like your friend, like, I bet she, I bet there's a moment where she's like, holy crap, I did like a lot of really good work and my legs are sore. But after three days of your legs being sore or three months of your legs being sore, you're like, holy shit, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, I'm, you know, and so that's not I'm super working with her Ben I'm working <laughs> she
1: already she already flaked and then yeah. she got she caught a cold so then she was out for like two weeks I was like oh my god okay so now we're back to square one <laughs>
0: that's my that's my favorite that's my favorite scenario um so when somebody flakes I'm always like okay like what's going on in your life because like if they're flaking that training isn't sustained that's like it's not fitting their life they're trying to make their life fit the training and like it has to be the other way around. The life comes first and then the training is a supplement or the nutrition is a supplement. You can't, you can't change who you are and what you are to accommodate those things. It's like you got to
1: (laughs) vice versa. Well, and I think that also, you know, it goes, I I think that fitness just general as, as being part of my lifestyle, I think that anything that you do, uh, you need to do give it 100%. So if if you're if you go to the of gym, course. if you're if you're trying to be at least, you know, 98% overall healthy, mentally, physically, I think that yeah. that spews out in other things that you're doing. But if you're like, yeah, I don't really care about totally. fitness, then you, you'll see that that project at work or something else you're doing like it really does. Yeah. It's it like it becomes part of, of that. And and I think that's why, like, when people, were you ever in the military?
0: Yeah, for, I okay so for see change. I was
1: gonna say people in the military you kind of yeah. have like this this different thought process you it's there's no this is how it is and we're gonna get it done and and, and we got to roll with it there's no other option you know whatever so you almost have to have that because if you don't have that mindset that changes it into a lifestyle where you think that oh it's okay if I yeah. flake off because I can be back or you know oh well, I'll take a week off or whatever yeah. but it has to be that discipline that's there so is that one of the ways that you implement is, or, or is that one of the things too that you implement is the discipline in your training style?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I think um I might not use the words discipline. The, the words I can start I'll it's go back. scary when with you this, say discipline. So a lot of people a lot of people <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I think there's like a um maybe like reframing that word. So I, I like to think of discipline. There's like two different types of discipline. One is like an ego driven discipline where it's like comes from a place of maybe lack where it's like, I have to show up and and you could maybe think of like your old football, maybe like the high school football coach who's like, do more, do more, do more. And like, that would be like ego discipline in my mind where it's like, eh. like maybe it gets you the result, but you're like sad and unhappy during it. and then And then I like to think of like soul discipline or like source discipline where it's like, that's, not me being committed to this like aesthetic result or like working really hard. It's like me being committed to some like higher goal or like, you know, a life well lived or like me playing with my grandkids or whatever it is. Now, maybe like the daily activities are similar with those two, but it's like reframing my reason for doing it. And so like, I'm not disciplined. I'm not motivated. I'm not any of those things. I just know that Ben at 68 years old really wants to still be training really wants to still be physically fit, really wants to still be effective in my relationships and my work and really still wants to be coaching. And so like, I just know that to do those things, I have to show up today. And, and I also do this thing where I reframe like my, my wins for the day. So I look at practice versus outcome. And so like, I am so committed to like getting to the gym. What happens there? I like, we'll sort that out when we get there. But if I never get in the car and I never grab my gym bag, then like that stuff at the gym never happens. And so um, I'll reiterate what I said before, but my my charge to everyone who's interested in starting fitness or becoming more disciplined in their fitness um, is to find a thing that they're excited about, something that they will actually be willing to go do, and then enlist the help of a friend, you know, some external accountability source. It could be a partner, it could be a brother or sister, it could be. A coach it could be a parent it could be whatever your your spouse um just somebody that's going to keep you accountable because if you're not going to do it for yourself maybe at the beginning you'll do it for them and then a really cool thing happens after a little bit of time um but i'll i'll I'll, like transition this from discipline to motivation but everyone's like how are you so motivated i'm like i'm not motivated and neither are you nobody is motivated forever motivation is so fleeting but because i'm so excited about the little practice wins across my day and showing up for myself that like i don't have to worry about motivation and so like um yeah there's just like it's just a reframe yeah that's a no that's
1: no but i i love i love the the way that you interpreted that and explained it because it it does make so much sense and i think that's why you know whenever you're talking about those like the simplest words like lifestyle that's that's why people are always yeah. saying you have to have a lifestyle change. You have to have a mindset change because I think that once you change the way you think about things, it doesn't seem so yeah. unobtainable. And I, I I think, like you said, people are always... I can't get from here to here, but it's because of the way that they're processing yeah. it. It's that they're seeing it that way, or they're looking at it as all of these sacrifices they have to make instead of looking at it as a sacrifice. Yeah. Like you said, what's our end goal? So you're not, don't think of it as sacrificing today. Think of it as, okay, these are the things that I need to do. Just like when you pull up on uh, Google maps or Siri directions and she's like, make a left turn coming yeah. up. You don't ever question it. You just know to get to that end point, you have to follow that path. So I think that's kind of exactly what you were saying. So, I love that. Ben. First of all,
0: I'm I'm trying to just I'm trying to just take the yes. next right step. And like for me today, that might be like just getting the paperwork done that I didn't get done this weekend that needs to happen before tomorrow. Like the next right step for me might be like drinking a glass of water. It's like You can only do that first thing and then after you've completed that first thing then you do the second thing and then you do the third thing and there's this really cool like side benefit where when you keep promises to yourself and you like a a, you know accomplish tasks over time you just build self-confidence and it doesn't necessarily have to be the gym i know this is like a fitness thing but like for me fitness is not a struggle and so i'm blessed to be able to like help people navigate that but in a lot of other areas of my life I struggle to do what your listeners probably are struggling with right now. And so it's like, I run a business, I manage all the relationships I have in my life, and I fail a lot in those, in those ventures. And, and I enlist the help of a coach. I have a coach who's like, Ben, like, these are the things we need to focus on right now in the same way that I look at someone. I'm like, Hey, these are your goals in the gym. These are the things we need to focus on right now. And so like, just to reiterate, like, I don't have anything sorted out in my life. Like everything's all over the place. But the one thing where I feel really excited and confident about like navigating is, is the gym and nutrition and, and, and the mindset, really the mindset I think around, around training.
1: Well, let me just let you know this. I'm about to steal the next best step. (laughs) I'm about to, I'm about to steal that.
0: I stole it from somebody. I stole it I from somebody else. love that though. Probably, I love so. because it's
1: just like it. It just yeah. it just makes sense. You know, it just puts everything in a perspective. So anyway, next post I post, yeah. y'all know when I say the next best step, it <laughs> came from Ben Smith. Uh,
0: yeah, or like the next right step. The next right step. Yeah, yeah. yeah next manage manageable stuff. I, yeah, I don't stuff, know. I'm like going to put a
1: little glitter on it, but anyway, I'm going to steal it. Uh, So, okay. So, <laughs> okay. so the last thing that I wanted to talk about is something that is very unique that you have. And I honestly, I haven't, I, I guess I've kind of seen maybe some people do a, a little bit of it, but I've never seen it to the level that you, yeah. you do it. And that is breath work and yeah. learning how to self-regulate and also how breath work helped you. So can you tell us about, about that technique? Yeah.
0: Yeah, So, um, I started doing breath work in the military. It's a cool way to just, to just calm down and ground yourself in, in moments of high stress or before moments of high stress. If you can like, you know, predict that, um, and then I, I left the army and I was working, you know, as a coach and I had—I was very lucky. I was uh, coaching at a gym who had a pretty robust breath and then hot and cold exposure program. And so I had done ice baths, I'd done sauna, I had done breath, all separate and kind of hodgepodge across, you know, the last decade of my training and coaching life. And then I was in this facility and got to like really learn about why it was valuable, the breathing specifically, why heat and why cold was incredibly valuable um and then a little bit more about me i own and operate a i guess you could call it like a celebrity coaching business but a a holistic wellness coaching business and so majority of my work is with film and television personalities and touring musicians and so you can imagine the life of a of an actor of a of a musician who's on the road it's rather chaotic it mirrors like what a pro athlete might experience you know game after game after game after game in different cities all over the country or even myself you know as a former soldier it's like that high stressed chaotic environment so i felt very comfortable with this population and so i started implementing these breathing practices with with those coaching clients and i saw just the most incredible growth not only in the gym but like in their work just learning how to self-regulate or having the tools uh, in the toolkit to, to self-regulate when things become stressful and so um I can share a little bit about my my work right now. I'm about to actually leave on, on a tour, um, but I work with a band and we travel around the world. We just finished a 16 month world tour and a large part of what we do, like, yes, we train every day. Like, yes, we eat all our meals together, but a large part of what we do is the meditation and the breath work and the, just the ability to self-soothe, the ability to calm themselves down. And like, I'm just there as a cheerleader, truthfully. Like I lead, but like, I'm just there to cheer them on. And, and they've taken such ownership over that specifically, um, I think the greatest gift you could give yourself is the ability to, to self-regulate and the ability to just like, chill out <laughs> and that, like that, like kind of has a negative connotation, but to have the ability to just calm down for a second. Um, I'm rather high strung, I'm rather stressed out, I suffer with anxiety, depression and ADHD. Um, and breathing has been the single greatest tool because I think that it's active Versus some of these other tools, like taking medication or even psychedelics or even getting in the ice or sauna, it's like they are passive. The experience is acting on you, and like training, breathing isn't is active. I have to be the one doing it. Um, a big part of my coaching practice, so we talked about the next right step or like simplifying everything. Um, my coaching practice is called Train with Ben, uh, and T W B. We've used Train, Walk, Breathe, and so my three. My three goals each day are to train, to walk, and then to breathe. And that whole thing takes me about an hour. <laughs> and so for one hour every day, I get to get those three things in. They're all active. They're all a step in the direction of the thing that I say that I want. And it's an opportunity for me to connect with myself and then potentially others. Um, Breathing such a cool thing. Like take a deep breath right now. Let it in through your nose and out through your mouth. Yeah,
1: I was actually going to tell you to give us an example, Ben. Like because I know people that are listening are yeah. like, "What the hell? Breathe? What is? What are they talking about?" Yeah. So can you give yeah. us an example of like what that is?
0: Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people are stuck up in their chest. They're breathing with their with their chest. They're maybe they're pulling their shoulders up. They're real tight up top. Nobody, well, not nobody, but many people don't actually access their diaphragm or deep breathe deep into the to the bottom portions of their lungs. Um, And so the first step is just learning how to breathe. So pulling air into your nose, expanding your belly, maybe even feeling expansion in your low back, getting big and round in the midsection, doing that is not going to make you big and round later, just going to allow you to pull more air into your lungs. Um, And so that alone, breathing a bit deeper, will allow you to calm down just ever so slightly, your, your breasts will become longer, you'll be able to have a more elongated exhale, and it'll stimulate a couple really cool things inside your body. So one in particular is this thing called the vagus nerve, it runs down from your brain down into your belly. And and stimulating that nerve just automatically pushes you into the parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous system. Um, The autonomic nervous system has two parts. One is the sympathetic, which is like where we live most of the time, just this like fight or flight, really anxious state. And the goal for most people is to get deeper into the parasympathetic state, which is that like rest or digest state. Um, I live in the sympathetic state. I live up there, I'm stressed all the time. Uh, and I'm not trying to be, it's just like how I live. And so implementing, like I talked about the fitness snacks, breath snacks, like every time I look at the clock or my phone, I do two deep breaths. Um, every every time I like get in the car, I do two deep breaths. Every time I change task, I do two deep breaths. Um, but I really like to use it as a um, like a pattern interrupt between between activities. So like after we do this call, I'm going to do some deep breathing. I've got another one this afternoon after I do that call, I'm going to do some deep breathing. Um, the thing that I think people could do that after after just doing deep breathing uh, is this thing called box breathing. So it's it's really popular in the military. It's gained a lot of popularity. Um, you know, in the last couple of years. But if you can think about your breaths as a box, you know, there's two sides and then a top and a bottom. If you start in the bottom left corner, as you breathe in, your breath is traveling up the left side, you'll hold at the top, across the top, and then you'll breathe out on the way down. And then you'll hold again across the bottom, you can pick any time domain, I like to do four to six seconds. And if you're really good at pulling air into your lungs, you might need to exaggerate the exhale. So Um, we could just practice a couple breaths. I'll coach you through it. And so um, we're going to start with one big inhale through your nose. Big exhale out your mouth. Now this time you're going to breathe in even deeper through your nose. I want you to fill up the bottom of your lungs, feel your belly expand, maybe even your low back, push into the back of your chair. Ready? In through your nose. I want you to hold at the top. You're going to hold, feel a little bit of pressure. And you're going to let this one out with a sigh. So it's, let it out. There you go. Now we're going to breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth. We'll go in on a count of four. So in three, two, one. You'll hold at the top. Three, two, one. You let it out your mouth. Three, two, one. Hold at the bottom. Three, two, one. We'll do one more in through your nose. Three, two, one. Hold three two, one, let it out three two, one, hold at the bottom three two one. now you can play around like I said with the timing I like to exaggerate the exhale the ex- keep the exhale long. I
1: do feel um, I do feel some mental clarity just from, <laughs> from that honestly yeah you might
0: you might feel your your voice get a little deeper uh, maybe you can like like for me I feel like a little bit of heat. In my belly like just at the top Mm -hmm. of my belly um you'll actually like feel your body you get out of your head a little bit um this is my favorite type of breathing more of a down regulation just to like calm down for a second um there's other types like wim hof is incredibly popular he does a a more it's called holotropic breathing but it's more like a hyperventilation gets you really ramped up and really excited which is like incredibly valuable if you if you place it at the appropriate times in your day or in your training or whatever um but for me, just just coming back into my body and just chilling out for a second has been so great. So so every day I train, I do some intentional movement, and that doesn't necessarily mean I go to the gym. You know, I do what I need to do for that day. It could be like going for a little run or doing some sprints, or maybe it's just some stretching. That's my training. I always go for a walk. Uh, I try my best to do it outside, and I and I think of it as a as an opportunity to be off my phone, an right. opportunity to experience the world, feel the wind on my skin, like get deeper into my body. And then lastly, I sit and do some breathing. And maybe it's only, you know, two, three, maybe five minutes of breathing. Sometimes it's longer, but again, just another opportunity to connect with myself, to learn something about myself and then like be an incredible asset to everyone that I come in contact with during the day. I think people often look at training as like, oh, I couldn't be selfish. I couldn't like take the time to step away from my life or my kids or my job to train myself. But like, it's the single most important thing that you can do to be more valuable to the people that you interact with.
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: Like it's the most important, it's the most important Because
1: How are you going <laughs> to keep being there for someone else and, you, and you're unhealthy?
0: You can't, you can't be, you can't be. And, and it's also, it's like, you know, there's, there's two sides, right? I, I look at training. I look at this whole experience, this like wellness thing. There's two parts, there's connection to self and connection to other. And like, People try, you know, you could probably achieve connection to self through connection to other. But I think if you start with the self, people often say if you fill your cup up first, then the overflow is what you can give to others. But, like, if I, if I really nail this connection to myself and I learn more about myself and I become who it is that I am or who I want to be, then, like, the Ben that shows up to interact with others or, like, coach others or mentor others or relate with others, like, that guy is so much better than the dude who hasn't yet connected to himself. And I was that guy for the first 30 years of my life. And so, um, yeah, it's just like I said at the very beginning, physical fitness and being intentional with your movement and the things that you eat is the gateway to spiritual, mental, and emotional health.
1: that I Start love I love the way that you I I, yeah. I love your mindset Ben and and, and I'm so happy that yeah. you did find this as a passion that you are sharing with other people because it really is a really good outlook and, and just a different way of looking at things and, and sometimes we have these passions yeah. and these gifts and and we keep them inside and it's like the fact that you are sharing it, you're like, hey, listen, I'm far from perfect. But let me tell y'all some things that work for me.
0: (laughs) I'm definitely not.
1: I'm just gonna share some.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've just been. I've just been way worse. Like I've been way worse before. And so like by doing these few things I've gotten like less worse. And so like, if you want to be less worse, also like try.
1: I love that. I love that. So let's be less worse. So you guys, we're going to be performing at (laughs) the next best step. And we're, our goal is to be less worse than we were yesterday.
0: Worse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. I
1: love it. I love it. Okay. So Ben, let us know how we can support you, follow you, how people can find out more information, drop all your social media handles, website, all of that great stuff.
0: Yeah. So my social media is at Ben V. Smith, B-E-N-V-E-E-S-M-I-T-H. I I have a TikTok that's the same username. And then my website is that same name, benvsmith.com. Uh, if you go to that website now which you can access you know through you know whatever server or or uh or my instagram if you go to that website and you enter your email i'm pushing out updates about some really cool stuff that's coming out an opportunity to train with me um via the internet so i'm I'm launching an app here in a couple weeks and i think it's going to be a really cool experience uh just if you're interested in either doing exactly what i do in the gym or if you're new to training i think um you know, I'm like a guy who's been lifting my whole life. And that might be scary. But it's like, if you're new to this thing, like, I'm here to like, shepherd you through that. And like, let's, let's get fit together. Like, just just try it out. Um, and I'd be really stoked to join you on your fitness journey. So benbsmith.com or at benbsmith. And then uh, I post like regular fitness stuff. And, uh you know, just life stuff on my socials, I need to be better about it. But like, we're all a working
1: Right, I love that, I love that. So thank you, it was so nice to meet you, Ben Smith.
0: Yeah, of course, it's nice to meet okay. you.